Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. We're broadcasting to you from the Herbert W. Armstrong College campus here in Edmond, Oklahoma. You can listen to this radio station anytime, live or to the archives at kpcg.fm. Today we're going to talk about the fourth era of God's church as described at the end of Revelation chapter 2. This church era stands out so much that the Philadelphia Church of God, which sponsors this radio station, made a musical about it, particularly about the second half or the second part of this church era. Yes, we are talking about Thyatira. Now, just as a reminder, all seven church eras in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 are named after cities on a particular mail route in Asia Minor. These cities were also locations of congregations of God's church during the first century. The apostles, after Jesus Christ, traveled to those areas and pastored those areas, as well as the ministers serving under them. But then, as the church dispersed from the region, as they fled from persecution and scattered elsewhere on the globe, they took up the names of these first century cities. The fourth era, the Thyatira church era, is named after the city of Thyatira. And there are always some parallels, some connections between the first century city and the church era that would come along later by the same name. In this case, the first time Thyatira is mentioned is in the book of Acts. It's talking about a woman named Lydia who was converted. She became a member of God's church and also was a trader of purple textiles it just so happens and really it's not just a coincidence that the area where Thyatira the church era later on was located was also the headquarters of a textile industry the area of Thyatira was in northern Italy and southern France primarily this was an area full of people who despised the Catholic Church. Plenty of people who had been victimized by the violence of the Catholic Church, or perhaps their relatives and friends had been. And so even if not all of these people in the area were true Christians, they at least were more open to God's truth. Because God's church has always been at war with that false church. So it stands to reason that if there's a big group of people that 
naturally dislikes the false church, there would be a better chance of them being receptive to God's truth. The Thyatira church era started around 1000 AD. Its primary most recognizable leaders in its hundreds of years of existence were Peter de Bruce, Henry Arnold, and Peter Waldo. Now, the Philadelphia Church of God musical, Morning Star, is set in the time period of Peter Waldo. He started preaching about 1161 AD. He was a wealthy merchant, much like Lydia back in the first century. He was a wealthy merchant. He saw his friend die suddenly, or at least he, one of his friends died suddenly. And this had a deep impact on Waldo. Perhaps he had heard God's truth before, but he didn't really take it seriously until this dramatic, tragic event took place. We actually have a song about this experience where Peter Waldo took to heart his friend's death and it gave him urgency urgency he would later use to do God's work, to dig into the truth, prove it for himself and impact a lot of other people too. So we'll play this song for you from the musical Morning Star.
profit spoils, their value fades in company of death. No riches can regain the time I've spent in vain. So answers I must find while I have breath. No time like the present, no instant to waste. No cause like the moment, no spirit like haste. No seconds to squander, no hour to delay. No time like the present, no day like today. You've been listening to a song called No Time Like the Present. This is in our musical Morning Star, The Acts of Waldo the Apostle. I'll put a link to the video of this performance on YouTube and also to our website and the musical score all of the songs from that musical in the show notes. Once this becomes a podcast morning star, the acts of Waldo, the apostle. So this fourth church era, the Thyatira era must have been quite memorable and impactful to warrant a musical to be made of it. So many years later, In fact, Revelation 2 does spend a very long time describing the Thyatira era. This is Revelation 2 and then verses 18 through 29 talk about Thyatira. We'll go through some of this. We'll expound on how these words directly from the head of the church, Jesus Christ, did come true about a thousand years later in the Thyatira era. So Revelation 2, starting in verse 19, or in verse 18. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. In our free book, The True History of God's True Church, written by Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry. It is explained that the great, powerful God of Revelation chapter 1, just a chapter previous, was in the midst of this church era. Those eyes, God's eyes, like a flame of fire, just like Thyatira was a flaming fire in the midst of the dark ages. It was a shining light, an example to the world during a time of great violence and oppression and darkness, as it says in the name, dark ages. God also has feet like fine brass, for trampling on his enemies. God protects his people. He works miracles. 
Now, sometimes we do have to face hard times and persecution back during the Thyatira era. Some of the people had to face martyrdom even. Yet, ultimately, who wins? That's the question. It's not going to be the false church. They will not last forever. And yet, God's church, God's kingdom will. God always wins. Everyone who has rebelled against him at some point must repent or be trampled by those feet like fine brass. Revelation 2 verse 19. Again, Christ speaking to Thyatira. I know your works and charity and service and faith and your patience and your works. He says it again. And the last to be more than the first. So this is talking about the Thyatira era finishing strong. That's why the PCG musical focuses in on Peter Waldo specifically. The second part of the Thyatira era where a much stronger work was done. They really did finish strong. And in the true history of God's true church, Mr. Flurry goes through these characteristics one by one. Charity, service, faith, patience. These are characteristics that are needed in God's work throughout the ages. The, the entire motive of God's work is an unselfish one. It is all about love. Warning the world, pulling them from the fire to come, serving them, having faith in God's promises and trying to instill that faith in other people so they will make changes, being patient for those promises to be fulfilled. Thyatira needed a lot of patience, a lot of faith as the flame of persecution literally oftentimes burned them. Revelation 2 verse 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you suffer that woman Jezebel, which calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. So that was Revelation 2, starting in verse 20, going through verse 22. Here, God is calling the false church Jezebel. This is extremely relevant to the Thyatira era. As Mr. Fleury writes on page 127, and also later in this chapter 7 called The Flame of Thyatira, the false church, the Catholic church, was in chaos spiritually during this time 
around 1000 AD until a couple hundred years later. The people who presented themselves as the spiritual guides of everybody else were actually some of the most evil, hypocritical people imaginable. Mr. Fleury writes here, page 127, the papal office was bought and sold. Some men obtained it through intrigue and murder. Sexual immorality was so bad that some historians refer to the rule of the popes during this age as pornocracy. He goes through an example where one pope actually dug up the body of a previous pope, put him on trial for treason, found him guilty, and then had his body dragged through the streets. But then that same pope who desecrated the body of a previous pope was later imprisoned and strangled in the same year. Just wild history. Just really hard to even believe that so such extreme events were taking place in this prominent worldwide church. And that's why the Bible talks about Jezebel when it's referring to the Catholic church, especially during the Thyatira era, just a horrendous example. Now, Jezebel, you can find more about her in the book of Kings in the old Testament. She was a queen from the Zidonians. She actually married an Israelite king named Ahab corrupted him, swayed him to practice idol worship, all kinds of filthy practices to please those pagan gods, primarily Baal. It was acceptable to sacrifice children in the fire and to engage in just abominable sex practices just to try to please gods that don't even exist. Ultimately, pagan worship, though, is Satan worship. So the false church is equated to Jezebel. And it even says here, despite the whoredom of this church, during this time that God would give them space to repent. Now this was also specifically fulfilled. You can see it in the history of the Thyatira era. Peter de Bruce actually did convert a Catholic priest in 1146. And together they turned a lot of the people in Rome against the Catholic church to the point where even the Pope had to be exiled. This was a great chance for the Catholic Church to reconsider what it was doing, how the people just could not stand their oppression and their lies. 
But instead, they didn't repent. They just regrouped and they came back attacking God's church with greater fury than ever. You can see in the history of this time, it's pretty readily available in a lot of secular sources that the the persecution by the Catholic church against so-called heretics was ramped up toward the end of the 12th century AD. In 1197 was when some of this serious persecution really got going. And this was a time where they were chasing true Christians and any other alleged heretics all over the region. Again, southern France, northern Italy, 1197. Here it says on page 144, it was commanded that all Waldensians in these lands be burned at the stake. The Waldensians fled to Castile, that was to the west, but many were mercilessly tracked down and slaughtered. So this was going on for about a decade. Then in 1208 began the Albigensian Crusade, again commanded by the Catholic Church. It was also a political move to overthrow many of the leaders in southern France who were sympathetic toward true Christians and other so-called heretics. It ended up becoming a 20-year war pitting the Pope-friendly northern France against southern France. And really, that devastated the region of southern France. It's been hard for anyone to match swords with the Catholic Church. Southern France definitely paid the price. Now, after this long war starting in 1208 or 1209, the Inquisition came, came next. So the war devastated Southern France, but then the Inquisition was there to finish the job, eliminate all religious dissent. Anyone who even was suspected of sympathizing with heretics would be burned alive. Now, earlier in this chapter, chapter seven of the true history of God's true church, Mr. Fleury points out this evil tactic of changing definitions. This is something we see going on all the time today. But back in the Thyatira era, what was happening was people who disagreed with the Catholic church would be conflated with practicing sorcery. It would be as if they were practicing the dark arts, witchcraft and wizardry, Satan worship, essentially. Anyone who disagreed with the Catholic church was automatically, so they said, worshiping Satan. The reason this mattered so much was because the common civil punishment of that time for sorcery was to be burned alive. 
So if you just say that anything contradictory to the Catholic Church is also known as sorcery now, that means a whole lot more people are going to be burned alive. That means any true Christian, anyone just trying to mind his own business, work hard, obey God every day, is going to be subject to that kind of brutal punishment. Now, today we see the equivalent of that in basically everyone and their dog, as Mr. Stephen Flurry says, being called racist. Think about how devastating it is to be called a racist today. How you can lose career opportunities and no amount of apologizing will be enough. You somehow have to actively prove you're anti-racist. Which, if you think about it, is impossible. No one can read your mind. You can say all you want to that you're not a racist. You can do all the nice things in the world to try to prove it. But people still won't believe it. If they're set on accusing you of that, that is going to be their conclusion, no matter what the evidence proves. That's part of cancel culture, as you've probably heard all about by this point. But anyone can be called a racist today. Anyone can be called any kind of bigot for any reason, just for having a reasoned difference of opinion from what the radical left pushes. If you believe that America today gives equal opportunity to everyone, then you're called a racist. If you believe that America has very much atoned for its past sins of slavery, then you're a racist, despite the fact that an entire civil war costing almost 1 million American lives was fought so that slavery would end. But there is no room for reason or logic. There is no point to arguing with these people because they're dead set on crushing anybody who doesn't want to tear down America. If you wear any sort of patriotic apparel, that will make you a racist today. And what are you allowed to do to racists? What does the radical left say it's okay to do to a racist or a Nazi? Well, you can punch them in the face. So not only will your career end and you lose all respect in the public square if you're just accused of being a racist, but you're also at physical risk of being assaulted. You see how devastating it is when language is corrupted. Now today it's largely use using the word racism back then in the Thyatira era. It was all about calling Christians, including true Christians, people who didn't like the Catholic church 
sorcerers, which then would justify the penalty of being burned at the stake. So this is something that the Thyatira era had to go through a really hard persecution. And that's why Christ had to correct them for compromising with Jezebel. It says here, Revelation 2, verse 24, But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. Then verse 25, But that which you have already, hold fast till I come. This is a really fascinating passage just trying to figure out the depths of Satan now we want to know our enemy without necessarily experiencing firsthand what his painful miserable way of life is like we do have to know the depths of Satan by reading what the Bible warns about it but we definitely don't want to go into the depths of Satan. Thyatira brethren were surrounded by the depths of Satan, but look at their reward revelation two and then verses 26 through 28. And he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end to him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers even as I received of my father and I will give him the morning star the Thyatira brethren will go from conquered to conquerors ruled to rulers being crushed to crushing God's enemies until they're finally ready to obey him. That is the end. That is the end result. That really is the beginning of God's master plan for all mankind. Page 149 of the true history of God's true church. Mr. Flurry writes, remember the Thyatirans were a bright light in a dark age. They kept the lamp of Christ burning brightly when Satan violently tried to snuff it out. They were, and in the kingdom will be, a bright, shining star. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.